WKNC 88.1. This is Grant Golden, and you guys are listening to October's Artist of the Month feature. I am here right now with Reed Johnson from Schooner. They are our October Artist of the Month. Uh, they just put out their newest album, Neighborhood Veins, on Potluck Records back in September. That was on September 24th. They are currently touring around the region in support of the album. Uh, thank you so much for joining me in the studio, Reed. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. All right, so going to kick it off in the beginning. Um, when did you start making music, Reed? Well, uh started making music at all, like when I, I guess I was a poet way back in the day, so I was all cheesy poet guy in, in high school or whatever. Then I picked up a guitar, um, kind of, well, I played piano and trumpet and stuff, picked up a guitar uh, my senior year of high school and just started writing songs right away. So that is when I started, I guess, putting melody to to super dark, yeah. very important lyrics. Putting the music behind the poems <laughs> yeah. and writing, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so when did you form Schooner? Uh, I formed. I started as a um, little four-track project way back in uh, 2003, but we didn't put out our first record until 2004. Um, so that's when I consider it kind of starting. Um, did a, yeah, we put out a record then and then did a couple after that and uh, took a nice little break. <laughs> you know. Right, and uh, the break came after... Uh, 2007's uh, Hold On Too Tight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we decided to um, almost not be a band at that time. Um, yeah, there were a lot of moving parts. Different people left the band. I was like, I don't know if I want to just keep playing music or not. You get to that point and uh, kind of had a little uh, come to come to Allah meeting with myself and right. decided that, uh, that I would uh, keep doing it because I just you know i like it so All right and so how long were you away from uh, writing with schooner or writing music in general during this period um i was still writing stuff but um probably a year or so just not doing schooner stuff gotcha um maybe maybe less than a year but you know feels like i took a good year off of doing stuff yeah so yeah. were you like constantly still writing and just not putting anything out at this point or was this just taking a break from schooner and working on other outlets it was kind of taking a break from the full band thing um i was doing a, some solo shows here and there um and yeah just kind of taking a break from like trying to get shows or saying yes to shows or you know trying to book a East Coast tour, stuff like that. You yeah. Know, it's just kind of like, I don't know if I want to do this at all. But uh yeah, it was it was a uh, um it was it was the schooner midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. So, why did you decide to continue along with Schooner when you came back as opposed to uh starting over fresh with something new? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I've battled that before. Um why didn't, you know, I just come back and call it something else, but I was writing the songs for schooner right and it just seemed kind of silly to start me writing songs for a band again and call it something else yeah um, i know from a marketing standpoint that probably would have been a, a good move or whatever but um kind of screw that you know I don't, <laughs> I, i'm writing the songs for it so it's schooner so yeah totally and yeah. um so how long or how, when did you decide that you needed 
this new band to come in and how did that process kind of come about like what were what were the steps that you took to begin piecing schooner back together um well maria who recorded bass on this record to a large extent um actually recruited me back to schooner um funny how that worked out yeah 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 she just was like uh why aren't you doing anything? Uh, I'm going to play bass with you and we're going to start playing again. And uh, that's how it started again. Um, recruited a couple of people that were in Schooner before, my sister Catherine and Billy Alfin. And uh, we did ducky sessions um, with that, uh, with that uh, four piece um, in 2010. But uh, that happened. We, you know, did the South by Southwest thing with the New York and all that stuff. Woo. And uh, then um, Catherine and Billy stopped playing with us, and Marie was still playing. So um, we got, uh, for Neighborhood Veins, we ended up with Chris Badger and Josh Carpenter that plays with the Floating Action. Right. He's actually on tour with Rodriguez right now, which is pretty cool. Um, but uh, just kind of picked up friends to play with. Um, right. And by this point... Um, you know, it's even a different version of Schooner. We'll play with a, a four-piece of uh, me and Josh and uh, Nick Jager that recorded the record. And then Patrick O'Neill has been playing keys with us, some too, from some army and rogue band of youth. Awesome. Yeah. So how have you seen the dynamic change throughout the years within Schooner, and how quickly do you come to adjust to these new band members? Do you find things... Uh, meshing together pretty quickly or is there like a little bit of a a period of like sort of stumbling through things to get everything going again yeah i mean you can definitely stumble through things more in not really band chemistry wise but more in like what are we going to do right you know planning when um to record with whoever schedules and then you know money to record and all that stuff and that's really what ends up taking a long time um the BAM members, you know, I don't know, the schooner aesthetic has just ebbed and flowed with, like, my moods a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and you know, the aesthetic for this record also has a lot to do with just the kind of energy that the group had at that time. You know, Josh is a rock drummer. He hits hard. And uh, I kind of felt like I had a, you know, chance to just let it go and uh, have more fun with, like, the recording process of it and get, you know, crazy when I wanted to and stuff like that. Stuff that I've always done like live with Schooner, but it just felt like more of a, a um, an opportunity to do something more energetic. Right. And speaking of, you know, like taking these opportunities, the album closes with like, what, like a 12 minute track or something like that. How, yeah, yeah. how do you go about doing that? Do you just set out like, all right, we're going to make this this long and we have to get from point A to point B. Or was it just kind of like, let's just go with the flow and see where it takes us? No, it was fun. Uh, Nick Jager and I, you know, when he was recording, we had all these weird um, sounds that we had just accumulated over the recording, you know, when you're letting, you know, the recording go. And we found a bunch of stuff. I had recorded a couple things that just on like a little, my handheld thing. And we added it all together and made this piece and then ran it back through a tape machine and I played the tape on it and then got Wendy Spitzer and Billy Sugarfix to come in and Wendy played oboe, Billy Sugarfix played theremin, I played um, slide ukulele on it, then got Catherine Edgerton to come in and do some like noise saw stuff and then Get an added experimental a little, on it. 
then we added a little guitar to it at the end, just kind of a little, little fast, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like, you know, Mexican guitar thing in the background or something. It, yeah, it just we just kind of had fun with it. It wasn't anything like we were going, oh, we need a experimental track. It's just like, oh, let's play with these sounds yeah. and you know. we need to close with a 12 minute opus yeah 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 no it just happened and uh and i was like as we were putting the record together i was like we've got this piece and like it would be hilarious to just put the whole 12 minute track on the end of it and just make people think and call you know called it neighborhood veins like make it the title track and just see what people do with it some people have not been terribly uh receptive to it <laughs> i guess um but you know, whatever. That's okay. They just don't understand, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, to each his own. Yeah. We're writing pop songs, and then all of a sudden we start doing this weird, I don't know, piece. It's not even a song, so, you know, I, I can understand how it, you know, people had a paradigm, you know, structured, yeah. and 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 we, uh, we didn't meet their expectations in some way or something. I know? can definitely see it being like a jaunting ending to the yeah, album yeah. if you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty I I love it. Like it that yeah. that little piece sticks in my head a lot of times. So I anyway. mean, and if and if you can get to the point when you're making a record that you find it possible to put a twelve minute track on the album feasibly, then like go for it. Just you know? do it. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no reason not to at like, that point. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't have any any uh big shots barking at me telling me to you know, write a certain way or anything, which is, you know, brilliant. So do yeah. whatever I want to. <laughs> and so how have you seen uh, your songwriting process change as the band kind of evolves? Do you write around the band uh, and knowing what you have to work with, or does the band kind of form around what you write? Uh, well, you know, I mean, the band is good at forming around what we're doing anyway, but uh, I definitely see myself bringing certain songs to schooner and then we maria albany and i have a thing called uh hospital smokers that we do and that'll usually find its place where on old schooner records we'd have morose songs with a rock song and then like kind of haphazardly you know like some of some of the songs like transitioning from a sad country song to a kind of poppy punk rock noise song or something you know didn't you know it was slightly schizophrenic and now I don't know, kind of put them in two different places now. So like there's a schooner, they know when I'm writing a schooner song and I know when I'm writing kind of a hospital smoker song. So, yeah. So as you just explained, like it's, a, it seems like there is kind of like this, these two totally different sides that you have. What was your musical taste like when you were growing up? When I was growing up like a uh, high school, I guess I cut my teeth on stuff like, the Pixies and the Replacements and Jesus and Mary Chained and a little Husker Du and and uh, the Wipers and stuff like that and uh, and then of course like the the local stuff because um, I grew up in Wilson right down the road so I I could you know got enough information flowing that way there right. were three of us that hung out that like listened to the cool stuff or whatever and uh, what we thought was cool nobody else thought it was cool but um. We, you know, that's where I picked up, you know, Super Chunk and Archers of Loaf and um, Polvo and Capsize 7 and Dexter Romweber, like it's Flat Duo Jet stuff and um, Capsize 7, June. I can, I could go on for a while. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- those are like my things that I cut my teeth on. And then I 
gave up indie rock for a while and did just old like 50s and 60s country music went back and listened to some um a lot of old r&b kind of stuff like nice. uh yeah larry bird song and danny white and stuff like that and um johnny ace um mavis staples then the staples singers and got into blue stuff so i kind of gave up indie rock for a while so i think all of that kind of coming together influences my aesthetic pretty significantly yeah i i always love hearing the types of music that like these musicians would like grow up listening to because whether it's like subconsciously or not, you can always kind of hear these influences flowing in because uh, I've definitely heard Pixies. I've definitely heard some of the doo-wop type, like 50 style stuff. Like it's yeah, it's always yeah. interesting to hear the way that these things have kind of morphed into one unique style. So it's, yeah. that's, it's awesome to hear. Yeah. Cool. Um, but right now we are getting ready to take a short break uh, from chatting with Schooner and you guys are getting ready to hear a live performance from Schooner. This is from Reed doing a solo take on Say My Name, which is on Neighborhood Veins, which came out on September 24th. Like I said earlier, they are touring around the region in support of this, and they are our October Local Artist of the Month. Thank you for listening. WKNC 88.1. We will be right back. was like oh yeah i'll play this one when i get there fuck all right <laughs> Jesus. here we go <laughs> one more time Hey 
you've changed. You say you've changed, yeah. You say you've changed. You say you've changed. You say you've changed, yeah. Maybe you're a part of these things that you do. Maybe you've just been. WKNC 88.1, we are back with our local artist of the month segment. I'm still here in the studio with Reed Johnson from Schooner. You guys just heard an acoustic take on Say My Name. That is a track on Schooner's latest full-length album, Neighborhood Veins. Uh, We're going to be here with Schooner for the better part of this hour, uh, chatting about some of the stuff that went into Neighborhood Veins and some of what's happened before Neighborhood Veins um, and some of that that little good juicy personal information that we've been getting so far. Um, speaking of which, um, each of you guys has a whole lot going on musically and professionally outside of the band. Um, so what are some of these sort of pitfalls that you come about while you're working with all of these different schedules? Because I know you guys have gone on a, a pretty extensive tour at this point uh, in support of Neighborhood Veins. Um, how do you work around this? Yeah, that's a that's always a, a fun question dealing with logistics and stuff uh, our drummer josh lives in Asheville, so that's always fun and uh to to try to schedule practices and stuff fortunately he's he's a boy wonder genius so he can <laughs> pick it up pretty easy um and then you know all the other guys are you know have lives and are are busy as well um you really just have to work around with who can take off work um, at the same time, you know, give people plenty of time to plan ahead, um, for, for longer tours and stuff. Um, and just, you know, be flexible with not being able to do stuff once in a while. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because all, everybody's in, in other bands too. So a lot of times there'll be conflicts with, oh, no, 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 I can't play that night oh, yeah, we were supposed to do this other thing in Charlotte or something, and and I forgot that that we had this or something. You know, stuff like that happens a lot. Right, um, and have you ever tried to work out, like, double bills with members of the band and their other band affiliates, so to speak? Uh, yeah, not too often, but 
we did a show, the one and only show with uh, when Maria was in Schooner, and I I played with Organos, her band. Um, right. We did a double bill with that. Then Josh has played with us in Floating Action before. Um, oh yeah, I guess Patrick played with some army right before we played right before he played with Schooner. So yeah, I mean I think it just happens like that sometimes anyway. Um, and I. I guess we really tried not to schedule double bills because yeah. it just gets kind of uh, hectic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's, especially if like Josh is playing drums in two bands in a row, like that, you know, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically it's nice when we get to do double bills, but it's like a special thing and like um, just know that you have to, you know, take your five hour energy before you you go out there, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It, I can definitely see how there's layover with a lot of these local artists, uh, especially in, you know, like the Organo schooner has similar sounds. I can definitely see a floating action and schooner would mesh well together. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fun playing with those guys too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's awesome to get to see the interaction happening and seeing the way that the musicians bring different parts of the music together in different bands. Um, yeah. And, Speaking of balancing things, I was speaking with you earlier um, about the involvement that you have with Potluck, which is the label that you guys put out Neighborhood Veins on. Can you uh, talk a little bit about your involvement with Potluck and how it all got started? Well, Potluck kind of got started from uh, John Harrison from North Elementary, and he does a solo thing called J-Phone One. Um, he and Maria were talking about just kind of being like, we had, we've gotten burned by other labels before, so... Um, was talking about why don't we just start our own little co-op label um be really laid back we'll do you know just stuff that we can not um none of us have money to throw around um, right the uh the trust fund never existed <laughs> and uh you know having parents in education they uh that doesn't work too much to go hey can i get three thousand dollars to put out a record or whatever <laughs> but uh that that kind of stuff, you know, we we created Potluck to be a co-op thing and also kind of a, a an art thing. So a lot of the releases have been on like lathe cut vinyl that Wes Wolf Wesley Wolf does, um, hand painted, um, you know, artwork for the releases. John did a book one time. We'll do cassette releases. Um, Wendy Spitzer is going to do her Felix Obelix thing um awesome. as a um she's doing all 30 ringtones 31 minute songs that are meant to be ringtones and she's having a art installation and release party at the Carrick and Durham like so stuff like that we try to try to focus on um and you know since I'm a part of it I was like you know what I think uh a self-release throwing it on potluck is an awesome idea. You get to be in control of it and you get to go in debt to yourself <laughs> um, instead of another person that you, you know, you get, you know, you feel guilty for yeah. you know, having, having a, any, anything hanging over your head with that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, it's how it is in an entity, you know, we'll uh, pick up stuff. We'll talk to friends about doing stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of a fun little laidback label, and it, potluck was is the name of it for you know very good reasons. Yeah, you know you bring to the table what you 
to bring to the table kind of thing. Yeah, because off the top of my head, um, there's a schooner release, and one of the big ones that stood out for me was Robes, um, which is something that is so thematically different from some of the other stuff, you know, like Felix Obelix even, Schooner, um, if I were, was uh, Organos, did was Contra release yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of different styles going on there. What is there any sort of boundaries for what you have with Potluck, or is this just like if you've got something that you want, like you said, to bring to the table, it's it's out there and you have an outlet? Yeah, there's not really a, a definite aesthetic, um, especially at this point. We don't really focus on that i mean we all like kind of uh interesting music you know kind of do something a little quirky and a little something that other people might not pick up or whatever um it uh you know that's i guess the only aesthetic is that it's interesting music and um and we you know like the people that are involved in it so definitely And another uh, Pollock release that comes to mind is last year's Flute Flies record. The Flute um, Flies. Which was something that... The best record of all time. To me, at least, yeah. It, came, <laughs> it seemed like it came out of nowhere, but it was just so fantastic. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, this was a project that was released last year, um, and it involved Ivan from the Rosebuds, um, Zeno, who is now in New York, yeah. I believe, at this yeah. point, and Reed. Um, so how did you guys go about uh, getting this project together? And can you give a little bit of the background about uh, the proceeds for this and how the, uh, the, the cancer benefit research side of it came into play? Yeah. Well, we had a friend named Cy Rawls that um, was suffering from a brain tumor. And Chris Rossi and a couple other people started a website called SciTunes um, to kind of fund his his uh his rehabilitation um and unfortunately he passed away like uh you know he succumbed to the disease and then cytunes happened after that so all the money goes to um you know cancer research um kind of where he was being treated at duke um and you know there were a lot of bands that were releasing live records and kind of exclusive records and like pipe that some merge records re-released one of their old records on Cytoons kind of thing. We did Schooner did Duck Key Sessions on Cytoons as well. Um just kind of community community rallying for, you know, Cy, who was who was a force of nature himself, like an amazing guy. Um and Ivan and Zeno and I were all close to him. We had, you know, that was Ivan and I were in a sketch comedy group together. We all played basketball with them. Cy would be at basically every single show that ever happened when he was alive. Um, and uh, so, you know, he's, he was a great guy. And so Ivan and Zeno and I just talked about making a little band together. Um, like, we were all thinking, oh, we can be just the the local traveling Wilburys or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh yeah, that's where the flute flies started. We just got together, all three of us. All three of us recorded everything, um, and had had them sitting around for a while, and um, just kind of decided to go ahead and push ahead and and put it out. So we put it out last September, I guess. So it's a year old. Yeah. So it's a one year old. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find that stuff on Bandcamp and stuff. For uh, whatever you want to pay for it, and all the proceeds go to cancer research. 
but it's the best record of all time. So of all time. <laughs> so what was the songwriting process like for this? Was this all kind of bring what you have individually to the table and we flesh it out together, or was there any sort of collaborative songwriting going on? Yeah, we basically brought songs in and then worked on them together. Um, like I had a song that I brought in that I had Zeno and Ivan sing on um, because I the first thing I thought of was exactly Traveling Wilburys, so I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted it to be like that. But uh, yeah, no, it, we all you know would chip in with different parts and and just you know kind of goofing off and having fun with what we did to the songs. So um, yeah, that's basically how it happened. People would bring in stuff, and then we would just mess with it until it was something, until until it became the greatest record of all time. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um. So, <laughs> this is one of the many, or I guess a couple collaborations that you have come out with. Um, earlier, I don't a couple years back, I believe at this point, uh, Schooner and Wesley Wolf had a split of covers of each other's songs. Um, how did this come about? And are you are there any other local collaborations or covers? that you've been like digging to get at at this point. Yeah. Well, Wes and I, um, had just, we were just hanging out one night at maybe a show or something. I think he might've even been using his lathe cutting thing. Um, and we just, we're talking about, I don't know which one came up with it, with the idea to just, Hey, we should put out a split together. And then one of us said, Oh, it'll be cool to do this if we switch covers or something, let's yeah. pick a cover a piece. And, uh, it really, I can't think of a, a, you know, definite situation where it happened, but both of us kind of were talking about it and it just kind of came to fruition and Wes did the lathe cuts for it. And, um, yeah, there's all sorts of bands that it would be fun to do that with, like be fun to put a compilation out with everybody covering yeah. different, different people's songs. So anybody's listening to this and has, uh, the uh, wherewithal to put out a record like that, you should do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, that would be that would be something that's I don't know. I personally like I don't know what it is about bands covering each other's songs with me, but it's just so awesome to see the reinterpretations and how people bring their own spin to stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah. And with this scene, it's it's so like family oriented almost. It seems like it would be perfect for it. Um, but how have you? You were talking earlier about uh, how you were cutting your teeth on like super chunk and polvo how have you seen this local scene change and evolve since you started getting into it at really what seems like the origins of you know like chapel hill's huge indie rock scene yeah it was it, it was really important at that you know when i was younger it was just amazing to me and i would always be like oh man like if you were a local band and you or a good local band you were like famous or something yeah. in my mind um and, uh, yeah, so I always respected it and it had, you know, a few years there where it kind of didn't ever die out. There were always really good bands that were coming out. Um, but there were less of them for a little while. And in the last, I don't know, five years or so, it just has really grown exponentially. Um, the amount of bands, um, you know, in a lot of regards, the quality of the work, but like I said, there's a yeah. lot of people doing amazing stuff that you will never hear, um, if you, you know, if you, somebody needs to do their thesis on, on, uh, you know, late nineties till 2005 North Carolina music and you would find a, a wealth of amazing material. But, uh, 
yeah, just the amount of music. Like, I don't know, Hopscotch has a hundred local bands on on their bill every year, and they're all great. You know, definitely, they're all quality. Like, you can go to any of them; they're great. Um, and they don't do much have much turnover either. So, like, there's you know, 250 local bands that have been involved in it. It's just ridiculous. Like, we're like a you know, I mean, I compare it to any kind of Portland or Definitely. Austin or Athens or even New York in, in a lot of regards just for the the quality that's happening, you know, kind of the, um, well, different than New York. It's a lot more sincere stuff, too. It's, it's like real, like actually nice people and stuff, too. Not, I love you, New York, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not like a lot of people move to New York to do the band thing, but a lot of people that you see from North Carolina. Well, more of them now, you know, are moving to North Carolina. But a lot of it seems like it's just people around the area that have, from what I've seen, been influenced by other local musicians at this point. And it becomes kind of like a dialogical conversation. And these people that they were listening to, that they had revered, the way you were talking, you know, about like Super Chunk and Polvo, you feel like these guys are like idols and like these larger-than-life entities but they started out the same way that all of these new artists have, and it's just so awesome to see it coming about. Um, so where do you think Schooner fits in with this local scene? Huh. Uh, that is a question that I have a hard, hard time with, I guess. Um, I mean, I think we are just uh, historically involved by this point. You know, we are just a... Have, so many friends and so many people like for this record, for instance, had a lot of musician friends that are, that were a part of the record. Um, so I like to think that we just, you know, are bud buddies with a lot of people, a lot of different musicians. And uh, that really says something more about this area than it does about Schooner. It just says that there's not the pretension that comes along yeah. and protectionist kind of like, uh, way that you go about your creative process it's really engaging and and uh accepting and you know enthusiastic with what you're doing so i'd say much less about schooner than what the scene is as a whole around here definitely it seems like it doesn't take very long to be like a part of the family in yeah. the local scene especially with all of the new labels and stuff that have been starting up it's like there may be little subdivisions of the scene whether it be based on city or label or genre but it seems like everyone is still looking out for each other, which you don't, like you mentioned about New York. A lot of it seems to be kind of almost superficial on a level with some of it where it's just like we're making music to make music. I don't really care what you guys are doing. But you definitely feel a community here in North Carolina. Yeah, as a whole. There are definitely a lot of places like in New York that there are like awesome crews of people that are just together and yeah. doing their thing and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't mean to say that... Um, it's not that way in, in other places and stuff, but this is just kind of a, a very interesting place in that it's like kind of the whole of the scene is pretty welcoming. So Definitely. Yeah. All right, and we are about to take another brief break with you guys, and then we are going to be back with a little bit more conversation with Reed. Uh, you guys are getting ready to hear an acoustic rendition of Trap. That is the second single to come out from Schooner's latest full-length album, Neighborhood Veins. As I mentioned earlier, that was released on September 24th. You are listening to October's Local Artist of the Month feature, and this is Reed Johnson from Schooner with an acoustic rendition of Trap. I 
KNC 88.1. We are back. We're going to be closing up this October Local Artist of the Month feature here in a little bit. You were just listening to Trap. That was from Schooner's latest full-length album, Neighborhood Veins. I'm in the studio right now with Reed Johnson talking a little bit more about Neighborhood Veins. Um, so i got to ask you, where where did you draw the name Neighborhood Veins from? Uh, well, it, it actually is kind of funny. I... Uh... I have an Instagram account like everyone <laughs> in America, but I, um, like last year or something, I took a picture, was just walking at night and there was an awesomely lit, uh, lit, uh, branch just hanging over the, the street. And I took a picture of it and, uh, it looked like veins. Um, and I titled it neighborhood veins and somebody, I forgot who it was. I'm not, I'm sorry, whoever said this, but they were like, album name and i was like oh yeah okay. <laughs> yes album name. and then uh and i was like oh that's a good idea and then it just i sat on it for a while and it just started making a lot of sense with this uh with the amount of people that are you know from this community that are on the record and just kind of how i it's a you know it you know gives you a a feeling of place you know um it it makes a lot of sense it's it's kind of southern gothic kind of sounding too yeah um so it it definitely just just kind of became the it 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 titled itself you know yeah. after a while so so is said instagram photo this album cover no okay no, that's a um the way that we did this album cover if you ever get a chance to look at it um it uh don't if you're in the car don't look at it right now but um <laughs> be safe yeah be safe seatbelts um i just did a Oh uh, yeah, dude. Reference if anybody knows that. But um, 
<laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> the way that we did this, I actually took a picture of some vines on a brick wall and uh, then wanted to collaborate with John Harrison on, on the artwork. So John screen printed the, um, the, you know, kind of washed out version of the vines on a piece of glass. And then we took the glass and went outside while we were watching the ACC basketball tournament at nice. his house, went outside and took a picture of the, you know, the, the piece of glass held up in front of like kind of the sun setting. Um, so that's what that, that is. It's a, um, a picture of a screen print of a picture. It's a lot of media so, forms coming together yeah. for an album cover. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So, um, yeah. so you've drawn a couple of tracks that have been on like older EPs that you guys have been tossing around live shows and stuff. Um, how long overall were you working on Neighborhood Veins? Uh, well, let's see. Yeah. Uh, right when we took about a year to figure out uh, where we were going to record, we had a couple recording uh, spaces that fell through on, on the way and, uh, you know, life things get in the way. Actually, that's, you know, of course, like I was saying, band turnover and stuff happens. Right. Um, I had a lot of these songs that were uh, sitting around, like you were saying. Um, I think Feel Better has been on um, on Ducky Sessions. Um, we did a couple with um, vinyl records, uh, um, a UNC little podcast thing that they had for a while um did a few of those with those guys and then um the rest of them were either new or just ones that we had pl been playing in the set for a, a while and right. hadn't found a home yet um so the whole recording process probably took a year and a half and then um because you know, wanted to get it just right and wanted to be able to afford it. And, yeah. <laughs> and then the mixing took a little longer too. Um, so yeah, I mean, two and a half years was, it took to, to put it all together. So, so you've been working on this for a good bit now at this point. So shortly after, I guess duck key came out in 2010. So this was getting started shortly after duck key came out, right? Yeah. Not too long. It was probably seven months after duck key sessions was uh, released so in, in the meantime, I guess last year is when we did that Wesley Wolf thing, you know, right. kind of needed to do something just so that people can be like, these people are alive. Yeah, Schooner. Still. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they they haven't gotten so old that they died or anything. <laughs> but uh, we haven't died of old age yet, so that's good. Um, still still trucking. <laughs> yeah, still trucking. <laughs> so uh, what, what sparked the decision to use uh, tracks like Feel Better that have been on previous recordings? Well, feel better, you know, Ducky Sessions never got um physically released. Gotcha. And uh and Feel Better was just the song that, you know, I felt like needed to be released. And it also with Josh being a part of the band, I was like, oh man, like his the way he plays it too, just the energy was just crazy. So it was just fun to do it again and it just found a place on the record. So Gotcha. Didn't and know if it was gonna be a like extra track that somebody could listen to later yeah. or whatever but we were like okay well, why don't we just put it on the record so definitely um so you guys have recently embarked on a tour across the east coast uh, in support of this how has the reception been for this tour at this point it was it was cool man we had a really good trip saw a lot of friends um made it into canada played in chicago um it was yeah a, a great little trip um 
looking forward to uh, doing more soon. We're going to go south next. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, no, it was a great tour. Um, had a great time. Had a place to stay most every place. Um, Always a plus. You know, broke even, so that's good. Yeah, sold a lot of merch. We were out of the blue vinyl records because of that tour. So. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so wrapping things up. Um, got a question. It's it's a doozy. Um, oh boy. What's the most fulfilling? Wait, wait, wait. Thing? Let, let me stretch really quick. Yeah, don't right. don't pull any okay, hammies. Here we go. Do a couple lunges over All here. Right. All right. All right. So, what is the most fulfilling thing to happen to you in your musical career? Wow. Um, let's see. The most fulfilling thing. Um, I could say, um, well, it is really fulfilling to be able to do something like put something on Cytoons and give all the money to a cause that, you know, was a really important cause. That was really fulfilling um, to do. Um, another, you know, couple, you know, there are certain, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, when you're playing for a cause, like get out the vote or things right. like that, like, uh, it, it's really fulfilling to do. And then, you know, you get to, uh, you know, you open for archers of Loaf or something at the cat's cradle. That's pretty dang fulfilling. Um, and, uh, you know, I went on tour with the Rosebuds one time and, uh, played with teenage fan club for a month so that was pretty fulfilling too so you know stuff like that kind of kind of um piles up and there are a lot of there are several places to go with it and it just depends on how you are interpreting fulfilling at that time yeah you know, it's ego fulfilling with some things and it's it's starstruck fulfilling with some things and then it's like life important you know fulfilling um experiences so definitely yeah awesome well Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, really glad to have you on. Um, we are closing up the Local Artist of the Month feature for this month, but first, you guys are going to get to hear that track that we have been talking about. Uh, this is going to be an acoustic rendition of Feel Better. That is a track that is on Neighborhood Veins, Schooner's most recent album. came out, like I said, September 24th. You guys can check it out online, and they are going to be playing around the region. I believe they got some shows in Georgia coming up. And as he stated earlier, they're going to be doing some tours around the South. So you should most likely be able to check these guys out locally as well. Um, so once again, thank you so much for coming on, Reed. Uh, thoroughly yeah, enjoyed chatting with you. And thank you, sir. you guys are getting ready to listen to Feel Better, played by Reed acoustically right here in WKNC Studios. Thanks for joining. And we will be back next month with November's Artist of the Month. Nothing.